Your day has just begun. Yeah. But for DJ and PK, they're just hitting their stride. It's time for all your headlines from the night in sports. As DJ and PK tell you what's trending. Are you ready? ready? On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Yeah. Hashtag Utah Jazz. I like him because his energy, his energy, his effort, like, he's passionate about it. We are passionate about it, obviously, so, like, of course, that's going to bring chemistry. But not only that, he's a great dude. Off the court, he's a great dude. To me, that's before basketball, because having human traits like that, characteristics, it speaks a lot about your character. He's the head coach of the Utah Jazz. He can walk around with his head up, but he don't do that. He wants everybody to have the same energy. He wants everybody to be on top. He wants everybody to succeed, because that's the type of person he is. That's He's a selfless person. So true. He can walk around with his head up, but he don't do that. That's Daniel House. Do you like Daniel House or do you like Joe L. Embiid? Or do you like Daniel Tice? Hmm. Jacob L. Hatch. It's not an L, but you know. <laughs> Jazz back in action tonight. What's left of them? Playing the Suns, the league-leading Suns. Now, I got to do DJ. Usually when teams play together consecutively in such a short period of time, they split. That's what I heard as a (laughs) nine-year-old. Am I right? (laughs) You have a point. Got to make people feel comfortable. If the Snick Dog's not here to get their morning going, they feel lost. He's been doing it for 35 years. He's gotten them through all the tough times. Not me. I've added to the tough times. He's gotten them through the tough times. So I got to figure out ways to be him for the next three days until he comes back on Monday. Man, you talk about heavy as the head that wears the crown. As my best friend Rick Majerus used to say, over and over. So, we'll see. Playing the same team within a three-day span. Because Gobert and his calf strain and Mitchell and the concussion protocol, they're out. O-U-T, out. They will not play. At least what the, the injury report said yesterday. No longer on that. I used to be on that. But there was a transaction made somewhere along the line, and I got bumped off of it. Used to get texts on that. So when he made a conscious decision, like Sniggy, he made a conscious decision that I was going to suck up to the soccer people so I can get to do the play-by-play and get the crap out of the studio. Somebody made a conscious decision to take me off that list, and I've been hurt ever since. So we'll see if they have any more. They'll put out uh, a couple tonight, and we'll see if anybody else is out. Now for the Suns, they have two starters out, too. Aiden and Crowder, and then McGee, JaVale McGee, is out. So the Suns' top two centers are out. I talked about this an hour ago. Biombo, I assume, was going to get the start for Phoenix. They're way short of big man. Is that enough to overcome? Or our injuries are greater than their injuries? Now the two All-Stars are out, so you'd think Crowder's not an All-Star, neither is Aiden. So you'd think that would be advantage Suns. But you got to find a way, man. See what happens tonight. Starts at 8 o'clock. It's a later game on ESPN. It'll also be on, what do they call the, the they call it AT&T now? AT&T Sportsnet. Okay. 
Coverage with Lacombe and Jake Scott begins right here at 7 o'clock on our station with the pregame show. So listen in, and we'll see what happens. There you go. That is your jazz right here with DJ and PK. Hashtag NBA. Capazzo has at the midcourt circle. Ten seconds left to go in the third quarter. He dribbles off to the right side. Now a short clock. Great pass to Jokic, and the layup is up and in. What a feat by Compazzo. Curry, step back, takes a two on the way. That's good. Stephen Curry, four for four, has nine points. He's feeling it. Harden, whoa, blows the layup. He was all by himself. Now the Lakers have numbers. And LeBron's going to take it to the basket at the other end. Count it! It should count at the end of the quarter. Clippers don't have a timeout. Neither does Washington. Man, gets it in for Winslow. He'll move it from left to right. No foul given yet, and now they're going to... Oh, no, get it to Kennard. Three seconds left. Top of the key, put up the three. He's fouled. Oh! Luke Kennard buries it. A four-point play. And the Clippers with a chance to go up front. One second remaining. This team is next level. Winslow inbounds. Coffee's got it. The buzzer sounds. The bench rushes the floor. The Clippers have done it. Luke Kennard. Wins it with a four-point play. 116-115, your final score. It's the second largest comeback in NBA history. Clippers, the Clippers are next level. They're also 24 and 25. And they're playing without their, their big studs, the two guys. They find a way to win. How about that, man? It can be done. You lose your two all-stars. You don't have to immediately have an excuse that you can't win. That's kind of fresh, isn't it? That'd be nice. Some people. Kennard with a four-point play. The Clippers, what were they, down by 35? Now they say that that is the second largest. And the largest, you may remember, is the Jazz. In 1996, on this very building in which I sit, overcame a 36-point deficit to beat the Nuggets. Remember that, thinking, man, they're going to go down. And that was when they were really, really, really good. That was when everybody played 82 games a year. The good old days, huh? Yeah. So they got the comeback, man. The first team in the past 25 seasons to have erased a deficit of 24 or more points to win three games this season. And they've done it all this month. The comeback kids. How about that? Yeah. And Tyron Liu, he had enough. He benched most of his starters to start the third quarter. Nick Batum out. Zubach out. Amir Coffey with 29 points. That's more than a cup of coffee. He takes it to the cup. I never understood why they call it a cup. That's like calling a golf hole the basket. A cup has a bottom. It's not a cup. I know it sounds cool, but it's not a cup. Stop saying it's a cup. And Kennard with 25, and our guy Terrence Mann, 16 points. Terrence Mann up for sure. Clippers with that nice win. Then we also heard the Warriors. Warriors pounded the Mavs. The Mavs have been playing well, 10-2 in their last 12. I was looking forward to that game, and they just hammered him. Kaminga, their first-round pick, man, with a big game. Like 22 points in 18 minutes. I think he missed one shot. He's 4-4 from three. Correct. Whoa, baby. Keep an eye on him, man. The Warriors, will they continue it as the other guys get a little older? They got some help. Speaking of help, Lakers got back Tony Davis. 
Big man, you know him as Anthony Davis. He didn't do a whole lot, but he missed 17 games. We'll see when he gets hurt again. They beat Brooklyn, who's uh, without Irving, without uh, Durant. Harden had a triple-double, if that matters for you. LeBron James continues to roll, man. He is an impressive player at his age. What's he, 37 now? Wow. He just 33 points. He just looks so good. Didn't look like he's uh, slowing down at all. Mavs losing Tim Hardaway Jr. Now, I saw that. I didn't see I see it on, on the rundown sheet. It is a fractured foot. Fractured fifth metatarsal in his left uh, foot. This going to be an extended, obvious yeah. return window. That's a major blow. He's their top bench scorer. Yeah, yeah, he's a player. He's a player. Nuggets get a nice win. Jokic goes off again. So, for the Bulls, forward Derek Jones Jr., fractured right index finger. We're working out for the team, and you'll miss six to eight weeks. they got everybody missing six to eight weeks there. They've just been battered by injuries big time. And the Blazers' Cody Zeller, he underwent knee surgery. He'll be reevaluated in two-plus months. At that point, the season will be virtually over, so we'll see you next year. And we'll see what they do. We'll see how much they rip it up. It's going to be intriguing. You know, a lot of talk of the trade talk, and I read this yesterday, you know, you're constantly looking for stuff that's out there. It's like it's never-ending, you know? If you you go home, my, my deal, I usually go home, go to the gym, get something to eat, get on the internet, uh, go pick up the kid from school, blah, blah, blah. This time of year, it's the same thing just virtually every day. Today I watch some golf because the what I call the LA Open is uh, starting today. We'll get to that in a bit here. And uh, then by 4, 5, 6 o'clock, you get back on, and there's a whole new bunch of stuff. That's out there. And I saw yesterday the Jazz being interested in Covington with the Blazers. Now he's a defensive guy. Got a lot of energy on the perimeter. So I'm interested, really interested to see what the Blazers decide to do. How much do they tinker? Do they blow it up? What level of in-between would there be? Uh, where are they going with this thing? Because obviously these this group of guys isn't going anywhere. And Lillard, I, I saw where he said he's really not in a hurry to come back. I mean, he shouldn't be. The team is just garbage. Do they get rid of him? You know, he's a Hall of Fame player, I think, for sure. So do they try to trade him for three or four assets, whatever that might be? Interesting stuff. Interesting times for Portland uh, because they got to do something. They got to have some type. You can't keep doing the same thing. That's obviously that definition of insanity has been the Warriors or the Blazers and what they've been doing now over and over. All right, there's your NBA right here on 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Hashtag college basketball. This was supposed to be a big game. Two teams undefeated in the Pac-12. Historically, the two best programs. You had Arizona which had only had one loss going up against UC uh, Los Angeles. And the Bruins, man, at Pauly, they had fans there. They hammered them 75-59, uh, yeah, excuse me, 75-59. They opened up a 10-point lead there towards the end of the first half. I was watching that game. It was a late start, 9 o'clock our time. And they held it and uh, basically extended it. And the Cats could not really get back into it. So that was the marquee game because you got uh, the Bruins at 7. And then the Arizona Wildcats had moved all the way up to 3. Tommy Lloyd, the Gonzaga assistant in their first year, his first year. So that's pretty cool as far as that goes. He's having a really good season as they continue to be a basketball school for sure. All right. Uh, who do we got? Utah tonight. 
8 o'clock, Washington State. Opportunity to get a win. Utes only 1-9. and nine. I mean, they've bottomed out, obviously. I would think they're going to be one and done on that Wednesday in uh, Vegas. We'll see what happens there. Uh, but I, I think they're still going to win. Uh, they got uh, they got nine more games, eight more games. No, wait, they're playing. How many are they playing? 20 this year. If they get them all in, I mean, who knows? Yeah, they're uh, halfway through. Yeah, so they got uh, 10 more conference games because they moved them up. They moved up to, the, to have two more. So we'll see. Hopefully they can get them all in. And my guess is... They find a way to win. I mean, they won one and nine in the first half. I think they at least get two. Step one is getting Brandon Carlson back. Yeah, so I'm hoping and, he might play tonight. And he was doing some limited stuff. He's a nice player for them. So I think they've got an opportunity to get uh, maybe three or four more wins in the second half of the conference season. And that'd be good for them. That's 8 o'clock tonight on the Pac-12 Networks. You've got Utah State against San Diego State. Now Utah State, the Aggies, they've slipped off a little bit, 10-9, 1-5. A lot of close losses. Uh, and the Aztecs at 3-1 and one in the conference. Uh, that's at home tonight at uh, 8.30. be on Fox Sports 1. Scotty will have it. I'm sure we'll have it on our station, right? Correct, yeah, 12.80 a.m. 12.80 a.m. Uh, Louisville's coach, uh, Mac, he's supposed to be out. That's one of your premier today. jobs. Yeah, so I have a meeting today with head honchos down there at Louisville, they actually don't have a university president or a permanent yeah, AD all, currently. They're all interim. Bring back Patino. <laughs> <laughs> From Iona. <laughs> He'll win. He'll, yeah. he, uh, he's sort of like the Urban Meyer of uh, college basketball. He'll win for you, no doubt about it. But there's going to be some baggage along the way. And uh, we'll see. Do they, do they come after Mark Pope? People are going to come after Mark Pope. It's just the way it is. And he's going to have to decide what he wants to do. We just played him. The guy, I mean, what, what's the phrase? He can sell ice or snow to an Eskimo or something. Whatever that uh, cliche is. Sell ice to an Eskimo. Is that what it is? Yeah. I mean, he is, he's something, you know. BYU is a school of redemption. Second chance you. Which means if you're good and you want to transfer, come here. We're going to the Big 12. We need you, brother. He's selling. He sells at all times. He's a master salesman. I was talking to one of their administrators one time, and we were laughing about it. I said, yeah, I was make sure I got my hand in my wallet when we're on that guy. I mean, he is an unbelievable salesman, and he's done well. You have to admit it. He's got a ton of energy, and he's done well. I got to give him credit. He's put pump juice into the program, and I think they're headed for the NCAs again this year. So if you count the COVID year, that'd be three for three. Now they got to have some success in there. Uh, last year they were one and done as, what, a six seed? Now, they played the Bruins, who end up going to the Final Four, so maybe that was unfair. But nevertheless, you, you start got to start having some success, particularly as you build into the conference that you're going to go into. There's your college basketball right here in 97.5, 1280 Zone. Hashtag NFL. Stepping, stepping outside, like in the cold weather today, and being a little uncomfortable professionally or, or from a career standpoint is okay. I don't like the word retirement. Mr. B didn't like it either. He always said, you know, retirement's overrated. Once you make a decision, that's a decision, and you're moving forward. And until you get to that certainty, there's no make a decision. But there also is a time frame for this because I understand that my decision does impact a number of other people's decisions, and I want to be very sensitive to that. And so I will uh, definitely make a decision sooner. Well, the latter is Aaron Rodgers. Has there ever been a player in NFL history 
who gets more airtime for not playing than Aaron Rodgers? It seems like it's every day with something. He's got something to say, and there's some soundbite that Aaron Rodgers is giving almost every day. And it seemed like last offseason, it just was all the time. And we'll see what that soap opera leads to. Does he retire? Does he come back? Does he get moved? All that stuff there. He's getting up there. What's he, 38 now? Uh, So we'll see. Sean Payton. Mr. B, I assume that's... uh, Mr. Benson, not Mr. Belvedere. Yeah, the late Tom Benson. And uh, who was it? Is it his wife or his... Uh... Gail Benson is now the owner, yes. Yeah. His, his wife. And she was out there saying, well, we'll find out. Well, we did find it. He's a step away for at least a year. That's funny because it was all step away. Not quit, not retire, but step away. I don't like the word retire. That was the phrase. Well, if I had enough money, I'd love the word retire. <laughs> I think Sean Payton's got plenty of money. <laughs> I don't have plenty of money, so uh, I have to keep working, such as it is. I mean, I barely call this work, but nevertheless, uh, he's going to step away. Now, he's under contract with the Saints through 2024, so obviously this is just 2022. So what's he going to do? Is he going to just take a sabbatical? I, I don't know that I've ever heard of that. There's a lot of speculation that he'll be working with one of the TV networks for the next year. He said he's at least taking next year off. So right. Not but, that, but Okay, but... Since you're under contract to the Saints, you don't. I don't think I've heard of guys take time off. That yes. that's happened. Yeah, but he's under contract. Regularly. But I don't know. They take a time off for a year and then come back and coach the team, the same team that you left. I would. Has doubt, that ever happened? I would doubt that. Yeah. Like there's some speculation that his defensive coordinator Dennis Allen may get elevated to head coach, but is that for a one year basis? Uh, who knows? Yeah, that would be really weird. If he just took a year off and then came back. And what does it mean for our guy Taysom? I saw a lot of speculation. That means Taysom is gone, gone. I don't know about that, man. Is the only player, the only coach he could play for was Peyton? Well, the Packers sure thought they had something in him. Peyton stole him away. Yeah, I don't don't understand that. If if he's good enough to be an NFL quarterback, it doesn't really matter... uh, I mean, it matters the coach, but there ought to be more than one, is what I'm trying to say. Or just an NFL player. And plus, I think he's an NFL roster guy. Yes, I mean, he come is. on, he's and, a player. And still, and as long as he comes back from the foot injury, uh, what he has, Liz Frank. Second she wrecked time. his foot. Yep, that's what he had in Nebraska, right? When uh, Mangum came off the bench and threw the hail mary. It requires full of grace. The Lord be with thee. It require multiple surgeries to fix it, but hopefully he comes back. I know that prayer. Said it often, going to grade school. CYA, right? CYA? Oh, no. What was the CYO? <laughs> CYO, my bad. Catholic Youth Organization. CYA. CYA is separate, you know. <laughs> and CYA while you're playing CYO, I suppose. Uh, Johnny Harbaugh nearing an extension. That'd be cool. I mean, I think he should get it for sure. Uh, we'll see what happens there. Uh, he's in the final year of a four-year deal. Now, it's not like college. To where you can't really let him go in to be a lame duck season. It doesn't doesn't do well for recruiting. Now he's been there for 14 years already. Wow, that's a long time. You see his uh, predecessor. You know who his predecessor was? Yeah, Brian Billick, former BYU tight end. Yeah, he is going to join Hermstaff down there in the desert. Yeah, gonna have three ex head coaches Marvin in the Lewis NFL. Already there, yeah, yeah. Uh, he's going to be an offensive analyst. Uh, he's like 67, 68 years old. Yep. Uh, we'll see if he's got the fire. 
I mean, he won a Super Bowl. He was a pretty good coach for them. Uh, but coming back, sort of uh, a, a lower level Dick Vermeil being out for a real long time and now going to be an offensive analyst for Herm Edwards, and their offense sucked this year. Uh, Jaden Daniels, I mean, he throws a good long pass. It's not completed, but he does. It's very pretty. He throws a pretty long ball. Oh, man. If I hear that one more time, I'm going to kick him right in the soccer balls. Antonio Brown and his attorney, Sam Burston. Now, is that any relation to Ellen Burston? An actress? I have no clue. (laughs) Going to seek legal action? for the money that's uh, supposed to be him for his ankle surgery and the money he feels old owed to him and then Byron Leftwich are saying is going to be the coach of Jacksonville now he was Tampa Bay's offensive coordinator he was also formerly a quarterback for the Jacksonville sure Jaguars. yeah he was the number one pick yep and he was uh, offense he was quarterback coach and then I think coordinator when Bruce Arians was in Arizona correct and then uh, Arians when he got the Tampa Bay job he rehired his coordinators which was Bowles Who's former Jets coach. Interviewing with the Raiders, apparently. Yeah, and then uh, Lethwich. Uh, both of those guys. And Leth- Leth- Lethwich seemed like he was an up-and-comer. So he's got an opportunity to have that. The Bears are hiring uh, KC's executive director of player personnel, Ryan Poles. 36 years old. Uh, let's see, he interviewed Jim Caldwell in Chicago. Wow, that's three African-Americans. See if they all get the jobs. That'd be great for the NFL if they're the most qualified. I'm all for it. Absolutely, yeah. Go with that. All right, that is your NFL, extensive NFL coverage as the NFL continues to motor on right here with DJ and PK, 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Hashtag Major League Baseball. I, first of all, want to thank God, you know, for Gave me the opportunity to be part of this uh, very elite group of players. That's what pretty much every player dream of. The support throughout the year from my family. I mean, I don't, I don't think I would have done it without the support coming from the family, you know, the families. And uh, man, the Red Sox, I mean, the fans, everybody around who pretty much encouraged me to be uh, the player and the person that I became to be. Thanks, God. You know, everything came, came out together at the right time, and here we are. <laughs> David Ortiz, I like him. Here we are. <laughs> the guy who was cut from the Minnesota Twins. He played for the Salt Lake Buzz. In a few minutes, we'll have uh, Steve Clockey on to reminisce, tell us what he knows about Big Poppy. And then he goes on to Boston, and uh, we know the story, legendary career, three World Series titles. And here he is, the only guy to get in through the uh, regular way. You can make your way on the ballot for 10 years now, which means Clemens, Bond, Sosa, and Schilling, those guys are all at the 10-year mark, so they're gone. They did not get in their final year of eligibility on the baseball writer's ballot. Now, the Veterans Committee could still induct them, Clemens and Bonds, obviously with the steroids, Sosa too. Schilling, uh, does he have the good enough stats? Uh, You know, his stats aren't overwhelming, but he was a big-game pitcher. Doesn't that count for something? Now he's got the uh, out there politics. I'd say the politics are also playing. But I mean, should should, it, should that play in? It Where do we go with this? Not. Who gets to decide? Now? Most of the it's my experience, having been and worked for newspapers for twenty three years, that most folks there are liberal. That's just the way it is. You can argue about it all you want, but that's the fact. 
that I saw. Now, maybe it's changed because it's been 14 years since I've held a daily newspaper job. And maybe it's changed. My guess is it hasn't changed. My guess it's even gone even more so in that direction. So now they're the moral authority. They get to judge. Hey, the showing is too far out there for my taste. But what about on the field? We'll hit all of that with Steve Clowkey coming up here at the bottom of the hour. Stay with us. Let's go to golf now. Finish it off where we get to hear Yoxter say, golf. Golf. <laughs> hit that thing. Hit that thing. All right, they move up the freeway a little bit. I won't bore you with the freeways from uh, Palm Springs to the L.A. Open over there at the Riviera Country Club where I once had Sylvester Stallone touch me on the left shoulder in the media room where he said, excuse me, as he tried to get by. Because a bunch of celebrities come out and watch the L.A. Open. I've been to Riviera multiple times, never played it. But I've been there and I've walked it. That's where they're at. Oh, wait. That, that, I went through all that and they're not even there. I was going to say, I was my like, mistake. we're the farmers this yeah. week. They're in uh, Torrey Pines, which is La Jolla. La Jolla. Oh, my gosh. Did you see the uh, yes. uh, Dennis, uh, Dennis, uh, Dustin Johnson put out a picture? Uh-huh. Oh, it looked gorgeous. <laughs> PJ Tour put a good one out there, too. Yeah. And he just said, a great day uh, to be had at La Jolla. Yeah. Now, I've been there multiple times. Have walked that. Never played that either. Now those are two of them, and they're public. Yep, public uh, public courses. Yeah, but I haven't. Uh, and obviously, they're right on the ocean. Oh my gosh! And it starts today. If you want to tease yourself, turn on the Golf Channel, and the views are just or unbelievable. Dream it. ESPN yeah. Plus will also have it for you. Tony Finau is going to be in the field now. Off the bat, he's playing with Shoffley and Swafford. Now Swafford just won, didn't he? He won the Palm Springs. Correct. Whatever they call they call that the American Express. The American Express. And this is the Farmers Insurance Open. Uh, at Tory, yeah, great weather in San Diego. I was texting with someone who's in San Diego this week, and he's having a fabulous time, and I'm happy for him. <laughs> All right, that is what is trending, and what is trending is brought to you by Shamrock Plumbing. There is no job too big or too small. Get the personal touch with Shamrock Plumbing. You can call them at eight zero one two nine five sixteen ninety two nine five sixteen ninety. That's Shamrock Plumbing. Coming up, we're going to hit this Hall of Fame controversy with our own Steve Clowkey. Stay with us, 97.5, 1280 The Zone. This is Unripe. You guys are doing a hell of a job. My mom used to tell me, everyone's going to get theirs. It all it all comes back in the end. Everyone's going to get theirs at the end of the day. And, and it just might be BYU's turn to get theirs. BYU fan loves that idea. All I'm saying. I will say, the BYU fan loves the idea of going, uh, we don't actually need you that much. And actually maybe mean it. In their best USC voice, by the way. <laughs> oh, darling. I don't think I want to go up to Salt Lake City this year. I'd rather play in Los Angeles. That is unbelievable! Catch Unrivaled with Scott Mitchell and Alex Kieran. Weekdays from 3 to 7 on 97.5 1280 The Zone. Powered by kslsports.com. I want to give a shout-out to our title sponsor, Mark Miller. Title sponsors, DJ and PK in the Morning, is proudly presented by Mark Miller Subaru. Now, here is joining as, as our local baseball excerpt, expert and Grateful Dead groupie, Steve Klauke. Steve, good morning. I'm grateful to be alive <laughs> at my age. 
Yeah, I can't believe it, man. You're you're you're, you're like what are you? Eighty two now? Um, I'll be sixty seven <laughs> this weekend. So yes, still this weekend. Well, happy birthday! Thank yeah, you. way to go. <laughs> I right. made it that far. Yeah, well, there you actually, go. I haven't yet, but we'll see. Oh, you know, and curse yourself like Betty White, huh? Yeah. <laughs> well, no, she didn't curse herself. It was all Somebody the magazines did. that yeah, yeah. were celebrating her 100th birthday. Yeah, yeah, a month before. Although that would be awesome if you lived a, a life uh, like she lived. That's Absolutely. For sure. Yeah, she was an all-time treasure. So they put in uh, Big Poppy, David Ortiz, mm-hmm. and he is a former buzz man, right? I mean, if I remember correctly, the buzz and all with the stadium and the great ballpark that's still going strong. It started in time for the 94 season. Is that accurate? That is correct. And uh, we were a Minnesota affiliate through the 2000 season, and David played a handful of games in 97 and in 98, but spent the entire season in 1999 here in Salt Lake uh, with a September call-up later. And he, 30 home runs, 110 runs batted in the 30 homers was a team record for a left-handed hitter until Jared Walsh broke it two years ago with, with 36. He had you know, 35 doubles, like I say, 110 runs batted in. And uh, the, the problem for David at that point was I think it was only five games the entire season where he DH'd. He was at first base the entire year and set a franchise record that'll never be broken. And that's 20 errors in one season at first base. I mean, that's Ooh. almost that's almost impossible to do. He's not exactly Keith Hernandez over there at the, at the first no, the first no, bag. no, and, and so I think that's why he <laughs> fell out of favor uh, with Minnesota. Of course, it didn't help that that year when he got called up, he went 0 for 20 at the plate. But uh, Tom Kelly, the longtime Twins manager, didn't like DHs. He wanted to use the DH spot as maybe a half day off for his gotcha. regular lineup, and so uh, you know that. David really never had a chance to be successful with Minnesota. The best thing to happen to him was when the Twins released him. He ended up going to the Boston Red Sox where he had such a stellar career. Yeah, I saw that he has spent the most uh, percentage of his time as a DH. I think they said 88% mm-hmm. of his time was as a DH. I mean, and occasionally Boston would use him in, in a National League park where there was no DH. Uh, they'd use him at first base, but uh, for the most part, it was safe for all concerned to be uh, <laughs> at, the, at the DH spot. But he was, a, he was a fun guy when he was in Salt Lake. Uh, before he was the big poppy, he was known as the big O. Uh, with all due respect to uh, Oscar Robertson. And uh, <laughs> I guess my favorite uh, Ortiz story was one time he was taking batting practice, stopped what he was doing, and uh, put his bat down on home plate, started to walk around the batting cage, and nobody had any idea what he was doing. Well, it turns out he walked straight up to me, took his hat off, put it on my head, and said, here, the glare's bothering me. <laughs> <laughs> and that's because you're a little follically challenged? Exactly. That's, that's the correct term that I use, follically challenged. <laughs> so he's always been a big personality then? Absolutely, absolutely. And he just, you know, the, uh, the Red Sox fans fell uh, you know, in love with him right away. Of course, uh, uh, you know, the 2004 home run that extended that ALCS that led to the greatest comeback in postseason history uh, for the Red Sox over the Yankees. And you know, that just endeared him for the rest of his career. And he had that great personality he had the you know the profane uh, retort uh, in his uh, in the Red Sox comeback after the bombing situation yeah. uh, in the uh, Boston Marathon and uh, and that just endeared him even more and uh, I don't know of in, in in our last 20 years or whatever a guy who had more clutch hits 
than anybody else uh, in Major League Baseball. And, of course, uh, it's interesting. I was looking at his numbers. He actually led the Major Leagues in doubles his last year as a player. Doubles and runs batted in, but the doubles thing really surprised me. Because he's not fleet of foot? Well, I, I just I can, I can see David stretching a lot of doubles into singles. I got you. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm wondering, uh, you and I have talked to baseball with you many times over the years. We're a couple of baseball guys. Uh, the only difference is I like going to concerts more, and I've gravitated towards soccer, and you've resisted both. Other than you that, other than other than that, we're, we're like brothers from different mothers. I mean, <laughs> it's just right there. So, you know, in my conversations with you over the years, you've been able to say, okay, this guy's going to be this and that and so forth, and you're accurate and basically in your predictions. I'm wondering if you foresaw any of this, or what did you foresee for David Ortiz going forward after he was done with his minor league stints. It's interesting, PK, because uh, I was talking to uh, somebody yesterday about that. It's just, I, there's no way in the world I thought that. I thought he was maybe maybe even just going to be a 4A player, a guy who puts up great numbers in the minor leagues, but not in the majors, because he hadn't shown anything with Minnesota, and particularly after that big 1999 season with us going over 20 uh, in, in the big leagues, I thought, okay, well, we'll probably see him again in 2000. Well, he did spend a couple of years in the big leagues with Minnesota, never coming back to the minor leagues before he ended up with Boston. So, no, I had no idea that... Uh, that was going to be what, what kind of a future that David Ortiz was going to have, let alone a Hall of Fame career. So he was another, what was it, uh, you thought he might be another Bernardo Burrito? Yes, I absolutely. absolutely. That's a good uh, correlation there. I think, uh, you know, Bernardo was a guy, maybe he never got the chance he deserved as a designated hitter uh, in the Twins organization, and it was his own fault that he never left the Twins organization because he kept re-signing with Minnesota because he loved playing for uh, the buzz owner, Joe Buzis, uh, partially because... He would pay him under the table, uh, like five hundred dollars for every home run that he hit, and a thousand dollars if it was a grand slam or a game winner. Uh, Joe Buzis, the Bill Veck of minor league baseball. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> I remember that name. Those were uh, those were some good names. Now, Steve Clarkie joining us. Uh, obviously, uh, Mike Trout spent what three weeks here, yes. and then and we we knew he was destined for stardom. The for before he even got here, right? So seeing what he's doing is not a surprise. So he's most likely going to go in the Hall of Fame. Right. I'm wondering, has there been another player, any other player, not necessarily just like an injury rehab, mm-hmm. but spent any fair amount of time here that is in the Hall of Fame? No. Uh, the only one that ever has prior to David was uh, an injury rehab guy, like you said. Paul Molitor played two games for us in 1998 down in Tucson and went uh, 5 for 10 at the plate. But uh, no, nobody else uh, uh, in this franchise's uh, history has made it to the Hall of Fame. And, you know, I, I don't know that uh, there's anybody. I, mean, I guess the closest guy that could get there but probably won't would be Torrey Hunter. Yeah, right. Uh, I don't know if it's done, but should they retire David Ortiz's number with the with the bees? I'd be curious to see which one because I think he wore primarily he wore twenty three in, 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 in a buzz uniform. And by the way, if, if, if people want to see it on YouTube, there's actually a, um, uh, this has been on YouTube for many many years. Uh, the uh, uh, I think it was KSL put together a, a David Ortiz Buzz highlight package, and it was uh, it was pretty interesting to watch. He was uh, he was definitely skinnier back then. Yeah, yeah. There you go. <laughs> Weren't we all? <laughs> yeah, yeah that's a good point. <laughs> Steve Cloudy joining us. 
and we know that right now there's a lockout. Can you explain what effect that will have on minor league baseball, particularly AAA with the Bs? Well, the good news is that there's no effect uh, in regards to the games being played. Uh, the, the minor league schedule will begin as uh, it is right now on April the 5th with the Bs opening in Tacoma. The only effect that there will be is that 40-man roster players won't be allowed to play. Now, I really think lockout would be done by then, but just in case it's not. So that would cost... Salt Lake, maybe six or seven players, five or six players, something like that. And maybe guys who would normally be a double-A would be playing a triple-A. But as far as uh, uh, the games themselves, they will definitely uh, be played. Yeah, that's true. We're extending it now. That's uh, Gosh, we get past the end of April, and they haven't settled these things. There's a bunch of knuckleheads at that point. Exactly, uh, exactly. Of course, the, the one thing that's going to be very interesting, I, don't want, I haven't heard uh, uh, your opinion on this, but uh, Salt Lake is going to be one of the – I think 10 or 11 uh, AAA ballparks in which there will not be uh, home plate umpires calling balls and strikes. They'll be there to call uh, safer out at the plate and check swings and all that. But uh, Salt Lake's going to be one of the uh, 10 or 11 ballparks where we're going to have robo-umpires. So they're going to have uh, lasers or whatever uh, around the ballpark, and they're going to determine what pitches a ball and what pitches a strike. I have to see how it goes. You know, I think that baseball needs to make some changes to quote-unquote modernize itself uh, for for fans. I mean, you look at what the NFL and NBA has done, because ultimately, it. I always put, particularly at the pro level and, and baseball, minor league, professional, uh, major league, that, that is pro baseball either way. So to me, it's first and foremost entertainment. I know for some folks, uh, particularly those involved, it's about winning, it's about competition. Uh, but for me, it's about entertainment. And if you can make the game more entertaining, now don't make it a joke, I'm not saying that, but if you can make it more entertaining, I'm all for it, whatever those changes might be. And so uh, I, I want to reserve judgment. You know, I, I think that instant replay has taken away to a large degree the uh, histrionics of Earl Weaver going out, turning right. the cap back, and just spitting, flying everywhere, going face to face with umpires. And and from a uh, from a fan standpoint, that was always highly entertaining to see Billy Martin. You know, you, what's he going to do? You don't want it to get physical. I think Pete Rose had, had uh, kind of pushed an umpire once, right. but you know, the throwing of the, uh, the dirt on the home pl- on home mm-hmm. plate. People view that as entertaining. Now you can get carried away, chucking bases, or the, what was there one minor league dude who was out there. Uh, crawling like he was yeah, in the yeah, military or something. Uh, yeah, he was uh, yeah. crawling like he was an infantryman yeah, and yeah. throwing uh, <laughs> the rosin bag like it was a grenade. Yeah. You know, it's interesting you bring that up, PK, because with all the technology that they have and setting this up with the robo umpires and all that, why is it in football we still rely on two guys with a 10 foot long chain to determine first downs? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, and spotting, spotting of the ball. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but but at the same time, if it's fourth down and, and inches, what did you get? You feel a surge of a jolt of energy go through the crowd, right. you know, as they stretch that thing out, and you're trying to judge it. No matter if you're at home or you're in the stands, you're trying to judge wherever you might be, and it adds to the drama of the sport. So again, that, so in that situation, the entertainment value is greater than it would be getting it right. Yes, and for me, who normally doesn't care, I don't have an NFL team. 
Uh, I'm just, I want to be entertained. Like last week, I was entertained. I mean, it was entertained right. off the charts. Uh, and no matter, it doesn't matter to me who wins. I, to me, I view it as going to a movie. I want to be entertained. And that, and that that portion of it is entertainment. So I have to see. Before yeah. you get out of here, obviously the, the, the guys, the Bonds, Clemens, uh, Schilling, I, I think Sosa's sort of out there in no man's land. Mm-hmm. But those other three... You know, they were more pillars of the game. Their 10-year tour of being on the writer's ballot is over. Uh, your thoughts? I, I, you know, I, it's, it's interesting with, with those guys because I think all of them, maybe not so much Schilling, but certainly Bonds and Clemens, these guys, before they allegedly started uh, using steroids, they had Hall of Fame careers. I, I guess Bonds was enamored with the home run, uh, much like A-Rod was enamored with the home run instead of put, just putting up great overall numbers. And Clemens had great numbers. Now, obviously, maybe the steroids helped Roger have the amount of success he had late in his career and all that. Uh, I guess it's one of those things, uh, not everybody used it, but there was a, a vast majority, you have to think, uh, were using it. So they were... From a competition standpoint, it was fairly level. So, you know, maybe slap their hands and, and not vote them in on the first ballot or the second or whatever. But I think in the long run, they eventually deserve it. And uh, and even with Pete Rose, I think he deserves to uh, be in the Hall of Fame because everything that he was accused of and convicted of came as a manager and not as a player. Uh, don't let him back in baseball. Just let him be in the Hall of Fame. So I think those guys eventually will get in, maybe not Pete, but the events. Uh, I'll be curious to see, though, how the Veterans Committee handles all this because they, they've kind of been staunch anti-steroid right. users. You know, obviously, David was accused of it one time, and the, and the one time he tested positive, that test was thrown out as invalid. Yeah. Uh, you know, my thought is that I was listening to Harold Reynolds talk, and he was saying that the, the one thing he thought steroids did is baseball. It's about what you do when you're gassed. You know, when you when you enter the season, everyone's fresh and so forth. But when we get into late July, August, and he felt that that's where the steroids really kicked in and the advantages because uh, at that point you got injuries, you got fatigue, you don't even know what city you're in, you're traveling all the time, blah blah blah. And he felt like that could put guys over the edge. As I look back at that error, it's like everybody looked the other way, and now all of a sudden we're going to look straight at him and say, "How dare you?" Well, let's put it this way, PK. The guy who oversaw the whole thing and hit it was in, is in the Hall of Fame, Bud Selig. Yeah. And, and quite frankly, uh, to get by the dog days of July and August and September back in the 40s, 50s, and 60s, right. it was greenies. So right. uh, some, there was some sort of enhancement used all throughout the history of baseball. And it's basically been looked the other way in, in the other sports. So I don't know why the attention, maybe it's because baseball historically is so statistics-driven right, that right, people right. Uh, uh, look at it differently than they do. And uh, Because I'm sorry, but guys who are 6'4", 310 pounds on a football field shouldn't be running a four four six forty. I'm sorry, that's that's just not physically right. Yeah, that's what they were talking about on Baseball Network too. The problem with Bonds is he broke arguably, maybe unarguably, the most sacred record, individual record of all of sports, and he broke it by someone who was viewed as the ultimate statesman of the game, and obviously I'm talking about the home run record. So they were they were sort of surmising that if he would have just hit like 710 home runs, mm-hmm. maybe he'd have a better chance <laughs> well, to get in. You, you think he would have gotten in had he had the same uh, outgoing, friendly personality as David Ortiz? 
And he certainly didn't have that. He was, no. And the thing about him is that I was going to the same university that he was going to at the exact same time. Mm-hmm. And I knew guys. And they were talking about that then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so. A little thoroughly around campus. Eh? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Guys live, I live right next door to guys on the team. And and they were talking. I got to know them because I mean, I, and I went. I had been a big ASU baseball fan since the time I was 15 years old, and so I'd I would oh, they had the weekend series, and I would be there at least two of the three games. Maybe not the Friday night because I had to work, but I would be there Saturday and Sunday every home series. So I was a huge fan, and those guys were my guys. And so I had heard about that stuff, and certainly, yeah, that played in. And, and we got to go to break, and I, I wish I could keep you more because it's the same thing with Schilling. I just don't know that I want these writer types, these voters, to be arbiters of morality. Right. I feel a little uncomfortable. Even though I don't, I, Schilling is out there. I mean, he's way out there. There's Very no way so. I got that stuff going on in my life. I mean, I, I want to be way far more down the middle than he's ever been. But yet, I look at him, who do I want to give the ball to with the game on the line? Uh, in my lifetime, I mean, I, I'm, I don't remember Koufax and those guys, but guys that I've seen, Schilling has got to be right at the top. Yeah, there's a few uh, right there, obviously, uh, I guess in my lifetime, since I am older, I, I think it, for me it starts and stops with Bob Gibson. Of course, Gibson, yeah, but I, didn't, I never saw him. Well, I, I did, and he, right. was, he was fun to watch. Oh, I saw the stats, yeah, and, and, and he was unbelievable, no doubt about it, so all time. But I'm talking about, you know, in the 70s, 80s, right, and 90s, right. I mean, Schilling is, I think there's something, there should be something for that, but I guess we'll see what the Veterans Committee do. Exactly. Does. All right. All right, well, thanks. We appreciate your joining us and uh, giving us in that insight, and go Weber State Wildcats. Should be a fun, uh, fun night tomorrow night up at Northern Colorado, battle for first place. All right, thanks. There you Thank go. You. Thanks, Steve. That's Steve Klauke. He's doing Wildcat uh, football and basketball. And, of course, he has been uh, doing the radio for the, what have they been, the Buzz? They've been, what were they, the Stingers and now the Bees, right? Correct. And he's seen literally hundreds of guys come through. Yeah. And Big Poppy did play here. He was here. For three seasons, and the only le- real not a uh, uh, injury replacement guy who's gone on into the Hall of Fame. All right, stay with us. We got a lot more to get to. Coach Tim Lacombe is going to join us at the top of the hour, 97.5, 1280 the zone. This is Hanson Scotty. Let's do it. NBA jazz legend Thurl Bailey. As a guy who played against him, I know you are the utmost professional, Thurl. You are nothing but professional, but come on, you kind of have to enjoy a little bit of what's going on with the Lakers right now, right? I'm loving it. I'm not that professional. No. There you go. <laughs> I, I'm still a fan, right? But at the same time, I remember those rivalries, and, and I know probably who the most villainized team still is in Jazz Nation. But, you know, it, again, you know, it doesn't always work. You know, you try to build a super team, if that's what they're still calling it. But as much as I'm impressed with what LeBron is doing individually, in answer to your question, yeah. What kind of a show is this? Catch Hans Olsen and Scotty G every day from noon to 3 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Powered by kslsports.com. It is Win Tickets Wednesday because today is Wednesday. Yeah. Lucky Caller 12. 
Here's what you get. You win a family four-pack of tickets to watch the Utah Grizzlies takes on the Jacksonville Iceman. That's February 4th, which is next week, at the Maverick Center. Caller 12, win a family four-pack of tickets to watch the Grizzlies take on Jacksonville next week, February 4th, at the Maverick Center. All right, we went a little long with Steve Clarkie. We enjoyed talking to him. I'm a baseball guy. I make no freaking apologies, all you soccer people. I love you too. But I also like that game. And Clowkey's my man when it comes to that. And he has to get on a plane, go call Weber State basketball, where they're having a great season. Randy Ray is a great guy, and they're doing very well. We'll see what happens when they get to the tournament. But uh, maybe they'll play it here, and, and they'll get in the NCAA tournament. All right. So coming up next, we got to do some jazz, man. Jazz back in action. Who are they? What are they? Where are they going? Questions that Tim Lacombe asked many years ago, and now he's asking them again. And we'll get some answers. Stay with us, 97.5, 1280 The Zone.